Welcome back to Silverlight TV. I'm John Pappas, Silverlight Evangelist with Microsoft. And today we have Sean Wildermuth of Agilitrain and the Silverlight Tour. Well, thank you. How are you doing here? I'm good. Having fun here at the summit. That's right. This week is the MVP Summit, MVP Summit 11. And we've got hundreds, if not thousands, of crazy uh, I heard the number around. was 1,500. Really? Yeah. Wow. Greater than last year. So, uh, yeah, it's a good time so far. So it's the one chance I get to get you here without major travel <laughs> hassles on, on yep. campus. Yep, it was. It's uh, just headed over this morning, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, you're making me miss the Balmer keynote. But uh, uh oh, you chose us over Steve Balmer. I did. I oh, did. I'm touched. You should be. <laughs> you should be. And I think right after this, we're going to head back over to the uh, the summit. A lot of activities going on. Yep. So Sean came on today because we wanted to talk about a couple things. Sean and I have had similar backgrounds mm -hmm. uh, in the data worlds. He was known as the data guy for many years. Yep, the ADO guy. And Though, then he uh, got into a lot of Silverlight as well. And I kind of backed into Silverlight. <laughs> and you're now what kind of an MVP? Uh, data MVP. Data, yeah. which I wish was around when I was external, because that's a cool MVP title. I, 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 uh, it, it's interesting, because I, I petitioned for it for about four years. Mm -hmm. So when Silverlight guys came and said, do you want to be a Silverlight MVP, I was kind of like, I can't. <laughs> because they finally did, <laughs> They yes. finally uh, opened the data MVP. And Remember folks like me and you and Julia Lerman were, yep. or it's like we're Bill Vaughn data. and those guys, we're yeah. We're not C Sharp, we're not HP.net, we're anything that has to do with data. Yeah, and we're not SQL Server, right? Or, right, right, yeah. which people kind of lean towards. So. Yeah, they think, but you know, when you have to deal with DB2 and Oracle and access. We do it all. We're really <laughs> architecture type guys. Yeah. Anyway, we're digressing. Sean and I have known each other for a while. He came on to talk about what he's got a new CodePlex project, which just went live a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Or a couple days ago. A couple days ago, <laughs> actually. Uh, we just released our second version last night, a .02, so it's really in more of an alpha stage. But it's a container for a bunch of small little classes for the Windows Phone development that uh, I found useful in building the apps that I have out on the App Store. Actually, or you built several apps, and you also train on Windows Phone. I do. I do. We do uh, training on both regular Silverlight and uh, uh, we have a special three-day class for phone development specifically. And to be clear, this is not a tool, uh, sorry, not a framework for building phone applications. It's not. It's a toolkit of things that may be helpful. You can use one, you can use right. all, you can use none of them. Right. I didn't want to... Uh, I'm sorry, what is it called again? But I don't think we mentioned the name. <laughs> it's called the Phony Tools, P-H-O-N-E-Y Tools. Uh, so it's Sean's dot, Phony. Yeah, I'm no pun awfully there. phony. <laughs> uh, but it's actually phony.coplex.com. Okay. So uh, you can go out there and get the source. There's a NuGet um, package, so you can, uh, we'll actually oh, cool. show you that in a minute, to uh, go ahead and make a reference directly from NuGet so you don't have to deal with going out to CodePlex every time there's a new version. So you don't have to go to CodePlex, you can just go to NuGet, you can just go inside of Visual Studio, use NuGet to automatically point to where it is, yep. it'll grab the new versions whenever available. Yep. Assuming you have internet connection, right? Assuming you have internet right. connection. I hope we all do. Yes, yes. I assume that anyone who's able to watch this on the internet has an internet connection. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to jump right into the, the application. There's several features that Phony has. Sure. My first one that I really liked was the Bitly support. Yes, yeah. uh, I have a Bitly account. And I use it all the time. And a number of people do. They want to be able to shorten uh, uh, URIs uh, on the phone, and uh, it's a really convenient way to do it. There's uh, some uh, competitors, but especially for people who want kind of vanity shortens. Uh, minus Sean right. W. Me. I don't remember what yours Mine's is. Mine's Papa Me. Right? right. It's the same sort of thing. Being able to do this really easy. So let me first show you here um, how to actually add it uh, using NuGet. So I have uh, the NuGet package uh, uh, manager installed into Visual Studio. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to go online and just look for the package called Phony. So once you have NuGet, you don't have anything special for your tools on here yet. It's just you have NuGet. 
And you can just look for something called phony, and it'll search its database. It'll search its database, find it, and when it installs, it'll install it directly into the phone project. The phony tools. The phony tools. <laughs> and once it adds it, really all it's doing is dropping this Agilitrain dot phony tools uh, assembly in the project. That's okay. We aren't putting in example code yet. That'll probably come a little later. But let's, let's go most through of a what quick list of what some of these things are. You, we mentioned the Bitly. You've got something for. Uh, I have something called the faded. Uh, um, uh, Faded message, which is a way to show a message that appears on the screen and then fades away okay. without user input. It's really to be able to show a quick message without having to have the pop-up dialog and the OK button right. and all of that. Because it is a little bit of code to wire it up, and it's redundant. Yeah. You're going to do it several times in an app, usually. Yeah, and th this uh, uh, avoids all the problems with having to write a timer and make it go away, worry about re um, um, orientation change. So one of the common problems is people will put it in the center of the screen, mm -hmm. the good orientation, and because it's a pop-up, Right. Kind of moves around. So we're trying to solve a, some of the little problems with that. You've got something with system resources, another helper? Yeah, there's a, uh, a excellent number of little helper classes that um, uh, uh, statically make references to all the system resources. So if okay. you need to color a box with the um, accent color, you can go ahead and say system resources.brushes. Right, which says all those stuff. That's a dictionary object, I think, Correct. to get to all these. So you don't have to remember the names of them now. Right, and they're in, in this way, they're, they're hard typed, so you know that you didn't misspell it in the dictionary lookup and all that. Yeah, and that. it sounds like, oh, geez, that's icing. But using the accent colors, it really helps you adhere it at Metro. Absolutely. And I've seen, I've seen apps on the marketplace where you flip the accent colors of the background from light to dark, and all of a sudden you can't read things. So right. that's definitely helpful. Well, also in the system, uh, 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 resources stuff, we also threw a little class in to say is light theme, is dark theme. Right. Because there's some times when the system resources aren't good enough, like if you have a background image, you often will have to flip that in the different themes. And so having yeah. a simple piece of code to say what theme am I in makes that process a lot easier instead of having to uh, usually right, go in and see it. you've got a background picture of Sean, and it's yeah. really white and something, and then you've got white text in the dark theme. Right. It's not going to show up. No, no. So that, knowing that would be important. So uh, once we have it, it's actually pretty easy to use. Let's, uh, let's start off with the uh, Bitly helper. I'm just going to throw a button so we have something to actually show. OK, so we'll slap a button up, and we'll create yep. a Bitly. And I'm, uh, now for other folks, too, if you're not familiar with Bitly, the nice thing about Bitly, besides the vanity side, is it shrinks your URLs considerably. So instead of having this big, long URL to something, you can just use a, a small URL. I started using Bitly, honestly, to get around a framework issue in the first drop. I'm hoping that with the next uh, uh, patch, this will be fixed. But there's actually a bug with the browser, uh, with, the, um, with the inherent browser. If you use the web browser task and it mm -hmm. has a pound in it, that pound uh, truncates gotcha. the bug. So I started using Bitly. To get around, I had some that had pound values in right. it. And this is really common today with kind of the, the um, um, a bunch of sites now use uh, exclamation point pound as the beginning of every URL. Right, or escape sequences or anything else yeah. you might have. Let Bitly handle that. Yeah. So let's go ahead and into the code. And uh, there's really two ways to use the Bitly stuff. One is there's a static method, which is what I think most people will use. Bitly helper. This is all in the phony tools namespace. Okay, we'll add the using statement. Yep. We're all set. 
and you can just call it shorten URL. And in this case, you're going to pass in the API key, which is something you'll have. Right, if you have an specific account. Uh, the user ID, the URI that you want to shorten, and then a callback. Because it's an asynchronous process, we use a callback to get back, and the callback returns the shortened URI or an exception. And the callback is not optional in this case because you have to know what that URI is going to be. Correct. It's, it's the way to get back the code. So. I'm not going to... Uh, now, can you also specify the URI? Uh, have you added that to this as well? Like, if I wanted it to be, like, SLTV64? I haven't. I haven't. It's actually on the... Some people have asked for it, and it'll probably make it in the, in the later versions, but cool. currently, currently uh, we, we don't support that. I know. I'll be excited for it, because that's what I do with all the server-like TV episodes. I do jpapa.me slash SLTV. Oh, number. nice. And then, of course, the callback we can just do with a little lambda... Right. Uh, Short, oops, I guess I can't say short. Yeah, short probably wouldn't be a good URL no. variable name. If EX doesn't equal null, I'm sorry, if it equals null, then we can go ahead and just show it, and I'll just do it as a message box. No, I'm not going to actually show this working because I'm not going to show you my uh, my keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gotcha. But, uh, the short URL will just be the shortened version of the bit.ly. There's also a longer version if you don't want to have to specify the API key every time. Um, you can create an instance. Because the static one, you'll have to pass it in each time. But if you create a, a hard instance of the class, concrete instance. Yeah, it takes the API key and the user ID as the parameters, right. and then there's a shortened um, uh, API key. If you're going to reuse it, that probably be the better way to go. Yeah, if you're going to use it over and over and again, you don't want object creation to happen a bunch of times. Sure. That's pretty easy. Yeah. I like it. The other class, which I'll actually uh, show off that I that makes uh, uh, things a little easier, is this uh, faded message. So, fading message uh, has a static member called show text message, and mm -hmm. this is for a simple text message. I don't want to have to design something; I just want to show a message. And so, in this case, I'll just say. So you're not creating a custom panel for this at all. You're just saying use the correct. standard one. And how long do you want to do it? It defaults to two seconds. Mm -hmm. So, we love our milliseconds. Yeah, I, I've gone back and forth on that. There's so many APIs that are using milliseconds, I decided to be yeah. less confusing. It's up for, you know, 2,000 seconds, what happened? Which is what I was really trying to avoid. So we've got the emulator. If you go clockwise, the emulator speeds up. See? Isn't that wonderful? Awesome. <laughs> I love your button. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that took me a long time. I opened Blend earlier, and <laughs> so to see it shows up, and then... Fades out, there's an animation in and an animation out to make it a little nicer. Um, so can you do that one more time to show everybody? So we're clicking, sure. and what's actually happening is it's opening the message, and after two seconds, it's going Fading to fade away. away. And by default, it's centered. Now, is it using easings and all that fun stuff to fade out and in? It is. Great. Uh, and you can actually inherit from the class if you want to override the animations as well. So okay. if you want to create your own version of shortened, you just derive. Is there also a concrete version of this as well as a static? There is, and that's the one that I think more people will use. Fading message... Uh, has just a couple of parameters. One is the vertical and horizontal alignment, and that's where you're sure. going to define maybe you want it up upper left instead of the center. Okay. And the message to show is going to take a framework element that contains whatever the message is. Mm -hmm. So this, I'll call it the, the message, which we don't have a reference to yet. And then just say message dot show, and then this just takes milliseconds like the other one does. Sure, and the message would be some string that you've got. Or is that a panel? No, no, it's a, it's a framework element, so it's anything that you want to design. Oh, great, great. So here in the XAML, if I pop up uh, here, 
So you could point this to a user control or a grid with a framework element name. Yeah, I'll just put an ellipse here real quick, just to kind of show it. I always misspell that too. Ellipse. I do. Uh, isn't it a circle? No, no. <laughs> uh, width equals 250. Uh, equals 250. And so it's anything that that uh, is a um, framework element. So it could be a user control or something mm -hmm. more complex or something really simple. Um, in this case, you're not going to supply text because it's going to assume that you have control of the framework element. You're going to set whatever the message is. Right. So the framework element itself would have some kind of a message in it. Correct. Or just be, you know, an hourglass. Mm -hmm. could be, you know. So the message is actually content. It's some kind of a framework element. Yeah, in this case, it's, a, it's an ellipse, but it could be anything that derives from framework element. Gotcha. We need framework element, not UI element, because we be, need to be able to get a parent and child right. internal, so it has to be framework. That's the only real limitation there. Cool. So let's see how this one works. Did we do the dot show? I always forget to do the yep. dot show. I'll create all these content panels, like for toasts, and forget to pop them up. So you notice it's already shown, and go ahead and shows, and then once it's done, it puts it back to its original mm -hmm. state. But in the XAML, if we go ahead, would you collapse that, and would your control actually handle? Actually, we handle whatever the state it's in. So if you uh, say, which you probably will, visibility equals collapse. Mm -hmm. So that it's hidden, it actually unparents it, parents it into the page, okay. and then uh, reparents so it. So you're not copying the element; you're actually taking that specific yeah, element. Yeah, we thought about doing it. I guess I introduced a bug. <laughs> that's okay. Oh, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my fault. Uh, gotcha. That was so sixteen point three. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, I, I just realized we're not. Uh, uh, setting back and forth visibility only opacity, but okay. So you could set to opacity zero. If yeah. it's set to opacity zero, it would actually move it to a hundred, then move it back to zero. Correct. Which is better for easings anyway than visible and collapsed. Yeah, but in either case, we're using opacity for the easing, but we're going to maintain whatever the opacity was. Right. Um, and I'm sure that once I get back, I'll add visibility to yep. that. Hey, it's so version it point well. two, right? Yep. Not even one yet. So it's version point two. This is pretty cool. Right, so it removes it, away. and then it'll ease out, and we're all good to go. Yep, and it uh, handles all the hard stuff. Oh, I don't have an orientation, but if you, if we had set orientation correctly, mm -hmm. it would always be in the center of the upper left-hand corner, even in different orientations, okay. which, if you did your own pop-up, you end up having to write a lot of code to do the math. Right. So we're trying to, that was the big reason to kind of um, um, create a... Uh, so let's list some of the other things that you have as well. I know you mentioned before you just added some converters, which I didn't think you posted about yet. I posted like at one in the morning, so okay. it was, it was <laughs> I added, see that yet. added just recently. Uh, I'll show you the example because okay. there's a little there's a little bit there. The two converters that I've added. Now, are these sample uh, projects? Do you have a sample project up on CodePlex? I do. Okay. So uh, when you download the, all the source, it actually comes with the sample project that shows pretty much all the features. Great. It's always nice to have get something to get started. So these so, converters, you've got one for string case. Yeah, and the reason string case is important for the phone is I was expect accepting input for a um, uh, for a uh, pivot, mm -hmm. but syntactically, I mean uh, visually, we want all the headers to be lowercase, even if the user had actually put in uppercase. And got so it. that's really where this came out of. And so this allows you to convert either to upper or lowercase. Okay. We actually have a little example down here of. It's uh, like a two lower, two upper, if you need to do it. 
Uh, actually, we're just using a converter parameter, mm -hmm. U for uppercase. What about like a proper case one? Is that one in there or like a It isn't case currently. Or? It okay. isn't currently, but we could, it's something we Easy enough thought to about do. adding. Yeah. I didn't need it when I originally wrote it, so. The other piece is uh, unHTML. And the unHTML converter is just going to strip the tags out. Oh, that's nice. So when I did GU News, I needed to show just the body of the text. I didn't want links or anything in there. I did that with my Twitter app when I wanted to take um, information out. It was right. all stored in HTML. I had to write my own converter. Yeah, I st uh, actually, you'll see in the source code, if you look later, it's actually borrowed from somebody's blog post. And yeah. I post who actually did the hard work. With, yeah, exactly, <laughs> the credit for it. Because that's a very common thing. You think, I'll never have to take the HTML and strip it out, but there's yeah. times you might have to in a phone. Uh, and the last one, I'll, we'll actually go back to the other app for a second that is uh, useful. And uh, that is, let's go up here and say the message dot uh, fill. Now, if I wanted it to be the accent color, mm -hmm. normally I'd have to do something like app.current yep. dot resources. Then inside the dictionary, and then you have to remember the name. Yeah. Which, Which that I one's pretty easy. In my favorites to all the names. Right. So the solution here is actually system brushes, uh, and there's, for every type of, is it system brushes? Uh, I forgot what I called it suddenly. Hmm. You forgot his name? We'll have to go look at the object browser. I did. So, and these are for the resources. Yeah. System so, resources. Oh, phone brushes, phone brushes, of course. Yeah, because anything started with system would be kind of confusing. Yeah. So, yeah. Phone brushes. And this will include static accessors to all the different brushes, and they're ones for brushes, for margin, textiles, fonts, font sizes, font families. So, Great. really, anything that is documented in MSDN. Uh, for the system resources are all, we have static There's like 30 or 40 of these, so yeah. Yeah, so phone accent brush does the casting for you, so it's always gonna return a, a brush. Awesome. And it doesn't, uh, always return to the, the base class, so if later they make that a gradient brush or something else, you're not gonna have breaking code or anything. Right, of that. right. So it should be nice and safe. Well, this is great. This is a, a nice utility, and obviously Sean's still working on it and getting other features in there yep. as well. I'm sure it'll And if you have growing. features that, you're using in your app, you'd like to contribute mm -hmm. here, uh, phony.codeplex.com. Feel free to send me a patch or throw it in the uh, uh, issues list and see if we can get it in. We'll put links up to everything Great. for your site, for Silverlight Tour, for Phony. Great. Uh, and also, if you want to leave any comments on the site, we'll, we'll make sure we read those as well. Awesome. Sean, to wrap up, you're going to be coming to Mix, not 09, but 11. Mix 11. I, I am. a new t-shirt for Mix 11. I'll be giving some of these away at Mix. Um, they go awesome. fast. Last year they went quick when I did that. But you're going to be there for Open Source Fest? Yep. We're going to be talking about Phony, plus uh, I have a couple of other open source projects we'll probably talk about. By mix, I'm also going to be open sourcing GU News. Okay. So the That's a great app. app that I uh, I built, and we'll actually be re-releasing it to the marketplace at Mix as well as open sourcing it. Cool. Um, so for those not familiar with Open Source Fest, it's going to be the uh, an event the night of the boot camp. So that night, open to all Mix attendees. Anybody can attend it. We're expecting hundreds of people to be there. Yeah. We've already got. I think with Sean, this is going to be about almost 35 so far registered nice. open source projects. Uh, and you're going to be able to vote on all the projects. The community will come in and vote. We have a really cool way, which I won't announce yet, uh, that you can vote. Nice. And then the winner will get something special. Awesome. So, They'll get people cool. to contribute to their project? Is that the special? 
<laughs> Maybe they can bring home a person with them. Yeah. <laughs> bring them some help. Hey, thanks for coming on, Sean. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Very you. Much. It's been Glad a lot of fun. Glad we got, on, uh, got you on finally. Awesome. Awesome. And thank you all for watching Silverlight TV. Thank you.